Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Uh, we are getting ready to start a new book of the Bible. We finished James last year, went through Christmas, and went through our 21-day uh, our fast season, which is very specific sermons towards fasting. Um, and uh, we are getting ready to start the book of John. Now, the book of John is a very big book, but before we got there, I felt like God wanted me to take a pit stop at this particular subject. We don't preach about it here very often, and, uh, and uh, I, I felt like God was, was telling me something very specific for this day, for this sermon. And so three weeks ago, I started prepping this sermon. So anyway, have you ever, have you ever had a friend that was really good at something? You know what I mean? Like they, they had like an advantage that you didn't have. It's like maybe your friend is like Allison who travels around the world and you're like, how are you traveling to all these awesome places? Can you like fill me in on the secret to traveling to awesome places? You sit with Allie, you're like, I'm thinking of going to Mexico. She's been to every resort in Mexico. Every one of them. Um, she's been to every place. That's, that's, that's a joke. It's funny. Ha ha. Okay. Um, you got friends that travel. You got friends that are, are good in the stock market. You got friends that are great at golf. And can you just show me a little pointer, a little tip, anything so that I can get better at whatever that is? Maybe you're doing a home improvement project and you failed three times. And finally, you call your friend who can seemingly do everything and you're like, hey, you know, like when you did your tile in your bathroom and it stayed on the wall, how'd you do that? Right? And they come and they show you, like, well, you got to do this. They're like, oh, I missed the major step. It seems like there's, there's a lot of people that have secrets, that have, that have um, uh, an advantage on life based on information that they know. And so I'm going to talk to you today on this subject. It comes from the Bible. And actually, I found out that even pagan millionaires have tapped into this particular thing. I have done this since I was a very small boy. And it is the secret to me living a God-filled life. And it's wrapped up in this one word from the Bible. It is called tithe, T-I-T-H-E. Now, it's a dirty word in a lot of places because a lot of people are uninformed about what it is means and what it is. Okay, so I'm going to inform you today. If you're new here today, we don't talk about money all the time. We don't talk about tithe. We don't expect you to sign a paper and show us your W-2s and make sure you tithe or any of that stuff. But it is a secret to your life that if you want to move forward in greater areas in secrets of success that people have that you may not be winning at, tithing is it. Okay. So that's coming from people who once didn't tithe and said, I am going to become a tither. As a matter of fact, I've, I've, I've thought about people in my life that um, if you look at their lives and you go, what happened in their life that they're so on fire for God? Usually they'll walk you back and they go, it all started in this date, this year, when I decided to take God at his word and I became a tither. And then their whole life, whole entire life changes. They become deeper with God. They have their relationship changes. It's, it's really interesting. And so this concept of the tithe, I'm going to educate you about it today and talk about it from the Bible. And uh, if you don't like that, that's, that's okay. You're not saved or unsaved based on your tithe. Let me just make that clear. 
okay? You're not going to get to heaven and stand before St. Peter or whatever they, you know, the, the cartoons tell you. And he's like, let's look at how much you gave to God. That's not what he's doing. Your salvation, getting to heaven, how much you are um, able to connect with God is based on Jesus, not on your money. Okay? Let me just make that clear. Anybody who tells you otherwise is lying to you. Okay? But I want to talk to you from what the Bible says about money because many people come to me and go, Brandon, you're, you're operating um, in, in this sense. And I'm not saying like I'm a quadrillionaire. It was one of my goals is to be a multimillionaire. Um, not from tithe, but from lots of other ways. Um, but, uh, is it like, like, and this is my job. I, I preach here. I teach here. I, I pour into people. That's, that's my job. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, spread your seed upon seven ships. Okay, so that when one ship goes down, you still have grain on the other ships. Okay, that's called diversification for those that don't know. Right now, I have as many as four to five different ships. That's a lot of ships. Not my kids. They're actually things, the ways that. Okay, so in the, in the same way with your life, as you are thinking about money and you're thinking about God and you're worried about your life and you're worried about your future and all that stuff, the Bible wants to give you insight to your money. The Bible actually talks about money. 2,000 or more times. It talks about money more than any other subject. Think about that. It talks about your finances and money more than it talks about the kingdom of God. God talked about money a lot. So when it comes to money, if I want to know how to operate in my finances, if I want to if I want to know what God thinks about money, and I want to sit around with other people and go, yeah, all the church wants is your money, I better at least know what God says about it. Right? Okay, so we're going to talk about that. And uh, trust me, if, if, if you're offended by this, it's, it's fine. You can leave now and come back next week, and we won't talk about it anymore, okay? It'll be another four years before I talk about tithing. I'm just trying to be obedient to what God told me to do for this day. Is that Okay. All right? You can put your AirPods in and listen to Stephen Furtick. He's preaching right now, and I won't even know. Okay? Not offended by that. Okay? I'm just trying to be obedient to what God is telling me to do. All right? Now, and here's, here's the thing. The Bible talks about how the word, the entrance of his word gives light. And a lot of times we're in the dark about situations and, and we're making up our mind about what we're going to do and how we're going to follow and, and all these things. But when the word comes in, to true believers, what happens is, is it becomes real food, okay? To immature believers, it becomes, I don't really like the way that tastes, okay? When it comes to wolves, wolf don't eat sheep's food. You know what wolves eat? Sheep. There are many people in the church who are wolves, who that when you receive sheep's food for you to grow you strong and healthy will come along and devour you to keep you away from what will grow you into the person that you need to be. That's, that's, you don't even have to tithe for that. That's just extra just wisdom from Brandon Block's pocket. Okay, so here we go. I will, I will say this. Our whole life is based on acceptance. We grow up, we go to kindergarten, we go to middle school, we go to high school, we go to the new job, we marry into the family. We're working on acceptance. And everything is us adjusting our lives to be accepted. 
right? And so a lot of the choices that we make about our lives and about the Bible and about money or whatever else is all based on how we will be accepted. It's popular to go out and hang out with your friends and buy everybody drinks. That'll make you accepted. However, it's not as popular to go, I can't do that. I'm going to eat ramen noodles and stay home and Netflix in ramen. It's not as popular to go home and eat ramen noodles and go, I'm not going to go out with everybody else because I'd rather give to God. It's not. Acceptance by other people usually means where I'm going to place my money, what I'm going to drive, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to put on my feet, Jordans, amen, um, what I'm going to enroll my kids in, what we're going to do. What it, it's, all, it's usually not based on I want to be accepted by God. I want my praise and my offering to be accepted by God, and so I'm going to become a tither. It's not all that sexy, but it is the way God has spoken to us about how to honor and revere him. So I'm going to talk to you today about the tithe. Are you ready? Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 34. This is what the tithe is, okay? So this is where it comes from. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy unto Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of value to it. Every tithe of the herd of the flock or tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy unto the Lord. No one may pick out from the good or the bad or make any substitution. If anyone, anyone does make a substitution, both the animal and its substitute become holy and cannot be redeemed. These are the commands the Lord gave to Moses at Mount Sinai for the Israelites. Now, keep in mind, this was at Mount Sinai. He also got some other rules that we abide pretty heavily by. They're called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are Old Testament principles on how to live. Many people will argue and argue and argue that our school system went down when we took the Ten Commandments out of school. You ever heard that? On that same mountain is where Moses got this. If you want to honor God and love God and revere God, this is the way you do it. Not just thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not kill. He says every tenth, every ten of everything that you have, all of the increase into your life is holy unto the Lord. Now, growing up in a Pentecostal church, small town, I had, you know, like, um, we had some people that were extreme holiness. They didn't wear makeup and earrings that went to our churches. They didn't wear hairspray. And then we had other people that were Pentecostal as, as uh, TBN. I mean, they had like hair and hairspray and everything else and lots of makeup. Okay, but holy, oftentimes we go, that means clean and perfect and not sinful. But that's not what the word holy means. The word holy actually means set apart, special, separated. Okay? And so when God says, I want that to be holy, what he says, I want that to be reserved for me only. Holy. Holy. Not perfect, not sinless, separated. Okay? So he says, when everything that you get, everything that you process, everything that you earn, everything that you've grown all year long, whatever that is, he says, I want one of every ten to be holy unto me, separate. And if it's separate unto me, that means you do not touch it. Don't touch it. 
And he actually says, he gives a couple rules here. He's like, I realize there's going to be some times where you may feel like you need that. Okay? And so what you can do is you can redeem the tithe. Okay? In other words, you can use that one out of every ten, but you have to redeem it back to God. It has to be set apart. And you can't just come back and like, hey, God, hey, I know I had that, uh, that lamb, and, uh, and I, I know it's yours, but here it is back. I had to use it. He says, no, you can't do that. It's already separated unto me. If you use it, the way that you redeem it is you pay a fifth of the value. That's 20% for those that are wondering. Okay? So in other words, um, he's saying you can use it. When you return it back to me, I want you to pay 20% interest. Okay? He says it's that important. It's separate unto me. And then he goes, I also don't want you to go through everything now, if it, in, our, in, our, in our economy, a dollar is a dollar, okay? One dollar is not any different than the other dollar. They're all the same. But in their time, they would go through and go, I could get more money for this sheep. If I gave God this sheep, this sheep would give me more money. He says, no, you don't do that. You go through, and every tenth that your rod passes, that's mine. You don't get to pick and choose. You don't get to go through and pick and choose what's God and what's not God's. You, can't, you don't get to decide that. He says, if you want to go through and pick and choose, you have to give both to God. And he says, it cannot be redeemed. You can't redeem it if you go through and pick and choose. So let's be clear. The tithe is a tenth. You can't be uh, a 15% tither. Tithe means 10%. It's funny how uh, we want to adjust that particular word, but it just means tenth. All right, now 10 actually is the highest number that you can count to. Did you know this? The whole world operates around tens. We go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then what? We start over. Ten, one, ten, two, ten, three, ten, four, up to ten. Okay, so actually, when I give a tenth, I, it is a representation of the whole. It is 100% of the first, okay? So what is the tithe? The tithe is 10% of my gross income, okay? All of my increase, the Bible says. The first 10% of your increase, everything that comes to me that makes me better, I give. So if you get 10 dresses given to you, guess which belongs to God? The tenth. All right, one belongs to God. If I get 10 guitars, Mike Cooper, bless God. I don't get to go through and pick. Oh, well, I want this one and this one. I'm not going to use this one, so Jesus can use that one. He gets the one that he gets. He, asked, he told me which one to give. All of my increase. Now, why would God do such a thing? That's the real question. Because most people go, I don't think God would really require that. After all, God knows my heart. Right? But this is the way that God has expressed to us how to honor him. Okay? Now, the word honor in the Bible actually doesn't mean salute. It doesn't mean put your hand over your heart. It doesn't mean to be nice to and acknowledge before everybody. The word honor actually means money. It means that you put your money where your mouth is. All right? Wives, what's up with a husband that'll say sweet things in your ear but won't show you the money? 
Does he honor you? Heck no. It's pretty obvious. Right? God is saying, look, I just want to establish this in your life. And as a matter of fact, in Deuteronomy, he says, uh, show it to me here. He's talking about tithe again in Deuteronomy. But what he's talking, he actually is talking about a second tithe. They have second and third tithe. They would pay up to 25%, up to 45% of their income in tithe. Aren't you glad that God doesn't require that? Okay. He's talking about when you set aside your crops, you're going to come, and they would actually come and take a tenth and eat it at the altar. They'd bring it down and be like, this is for you, God. And they would eat it with God. And, and, and he's talking about this. He says, doing this, tithing, doing this will teach you to always fear the Lord your God. To put God first. When Jesus came, he didn't talk about as much about tithing. You want to know why? There's so much in the Old Testament that explains to the detail about tithing. What Jesus usually approached was your heart issue about money. Okay? So in one place he goes, you can't serve both God and mammon. Now, people have transferred that and they go, you can't serve both God and money. Okay? Which... You can't. But what he is getting at is this mammon idea. And mammon was a pagan god. And he was based around the ideas of money, wealth, and being a slave to greed. Envy and covetousness came from mammon. He says you can't serve both God and money. What's the number one thing that happens to you when somebody says you should give a tenth of your income to God? In your heart, something goes, yes, I should, because I honor and love God. Or something in your heart goes, no, it's my money. I worked hard for it. It's a back and forth thing. It happens back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And so when Jesus says, you can't serve both God and money, what he is saying is, when you give a first 10%, you're automatically teaching your heart, it doesn't belong to me. I honor God. I love God. I, and it begins to slaughter the, the, the enemy of envy and greed that wants to grip your heart. So Jesus is saying things. There's, there's one guy that says, hey, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus goes, well, you know what you need to do is you need to follow the Ten Commandments. And he goes, I've fallen, followed all the Ten Commandments since I was a little boy, but I want to be one of your boys. I want to be a, a disciple. I want to follow after you. I want to be close to you. And he goes, go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. Come and follow me. And the funny thing is, is Jesus didn't ask that of everybody. Actually, Jesus had women Three women that followed him that were very rich that underwrote his ministry. Did you know that? Jesus had a guy named Judas who was a thief and he had trusted all of his money to him. Someone to just carry it around. Was Jesus poor? They raffled for his clothes when he died. Why? Because he was so poor. They thought he was a punk and not the son of God, and not who he said he was. He was just another thief to them. But they gambled for his clothes. Why? Because they were nice clothes. Mm, you didn't think about that. You don't know your Jewish history. Okay? So when I think about this, it, it's not 
this place where God is saying, you know what, you have to sell all you have and you have to give it away if you want to follow Jesus. That's not true. But Jesus has a way of looking at every person he interacted with and knew in their heart what was their God. You know this guy's name? It wasn't like Kevin down the street. It wasn't, uh, you know, Sam, the guy who, who uh, ran the auto body shop, whatever. If you look at it, it says, there came to Jesus a rich, young ruler. That was his identity. And his identity was wrapped up in what he had and who he was and his status. And so when Jesus would say things like, you can't serve God and money. Another place, he says this, the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. If money was the root of all evil, all of us would be poor, or all of us would be evil because we're the richest nation in the world. If you have more than one TV, you're rich. Hello. And you say, thank God, I don't have a TV. I'm not rich. If you have a car that runs and you drive it, you're rich. If I take all the world's population, if you have running water, you are rich. That means all of America is cursed. We're so rich, okay? And so Jesus, when he says the love of money, is it's not money that is the root of all evil. Why? Money is absolutely neutral. The same $10,000 that can buy chairs to put in the sanctuary, I can put in an envelope and give it to a guy and he can knock off somebody who I don't like. Right? What's the difference? The difference is whose hand it's in and what their intentions are. And the love of money is the root of all evil. So out of that comes us striving and loving to get more rather than loving God. Okay? So how much you give is not an indication of how much you love God. Jesus actually stood up at the front of a church one time when everybody was bringing their gifts down. He just watched everybody what they gave. That's awkward. Okay? And here's all these, these rulers, these religious people, and they came down and they would give their big gifts. And from the back was this little old lady who comes down with two little coins. Is all she had. And she put them in the bucket. And Jesus starts to look at his disciples and said, look there, that woman gave the most out of anybody. And everybody goes, how is that possible? We have all these rich people. I mean, we, got these, we got gold bars in here. We got Bitcoin. We got everything. And he says, no, she gave, all those gave out of their wealth, but she gave all she had. Out of two pennies, it was if she gave millions. Because her heart to give God from who she was was worth something. Have you ever had somebody give you something? And you didn't know how to act? You're just like, am I supposed to say this is too much? Am I supposed to be really excited because I love it so much? Uh, am I supposed to be excited because I love them so much? Have you ever given something to somebody else? And before they could even open it, they gave you a hug and kissed you and said, thank you so much. There's something that comes from the value of someone who gives rather than what they gave. This means something special to me because it came from you. When God says, I want you to give a tenth, it is a specific number. And it's specific based on who you are so that you can do it no matter what income level you are. 
You don't have to be a gazillionaire. I know people are like, well, if I win the lottery, the first thing I'd do is I'd give 10% to the church. And most of the time, I'd look at them and say, that's a bunch of crap. I don't say that. In my heart, I say that. And I'm glad they can't read my mind. You want to know how I know that they wouldn't do that? Because they won't give God a dime out of a dollar. So if they had millions, their greed, their love of money, their love of acceptance. Well, I'm going to buy my mama something. I'm going to buy my cousin something. I'm going to, and I have a list of stuff that I buy every one of my siblings, every one of my kids, if I, if I had millions of dollars. But you know what's at the top of that? Honor God. And I've practiced in my life putting God first enough that even though I could be faced with millions of dollars and what am I going to do with this money? And I better figure out how to be a millionaire really quick because I have all these millions of dollars. I want to honor God and who he is in my life. And I don't have fear of that. I have fear of not knowing how to spend it afterwards because I've honored God with the tithe again and again and again and again and again. So the tithe is the first 10% of your gross income. People say, well, what gross? I, don't, I didn't make that money, you know? It's like, I don't see that money. It's not, it's not on my check when I come home. Well, you make a gross amount and then deductions come out. So when you go, I'm not gonna pay off my gross, I'm gonna pay off my net, what you're saying is I'm gonna pay Uncle Sam first, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, start just naming them down. You paid them. And then I'm going to, uh, you know, I got, uh, I got my 401k. You know, I'm going to pay my kids in my future. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, it's some taxes for, for, for local when there's taxes here. And all these deductions come out. And then you go, okay, God, now I want to honor you. See how that works? It's not what God asked. He said the, the first 10% of your, all of your increase. There's some people that honor the IRS more than they honor God. They're more scared of the IRS than they fear God. I know one thing, like, I'm not a, I'm not a rich dude. I make less than $40,000 a year. I'm not a rich dude, but I have a blessed life. And I don't just mean my kids love me well, even though they do. I have opportunities I have experience. I have wonderful things that God is doing to me. I have money that comes my way when I have needs. Now, and there's other times, and that's, I seem like, well, Brandon, you're so blessed, and you have all this stuff, and, you know, Jesus must really love you, and, and I could go back to my tithing work and all this stuff. But there's also times, there's also times when I've lived in a house with no power, but I didn't take my tithe to pay it. Kids, if you go to the bathroom tonight, there's going to be a candle in this bathroom. Don't blow it out or you won't be able to see. Dad, the shower's cold. Is there no hot water? No, there's no hot water. You've got to take a cold shower. But I didn't take it from God and give it to the company. And people will tell you it's more noble to do all of these other things than to honor God. There's one time, it was a week 
It was, it was a hectic. You know those weeks that just come up and you had this to take care of and you had to put a new battery in the car and you had to do, you know, you just had everything came out. And it got to the middle of the week and I didn't have any money. You know what I mean? Everything else was somewhere else. And I drove my son to soccer practice and my, my daughter Avery's with me and we went to soccer practice and came back. Judas, he'd been at school, he's been playing, he's been running around. He's coming back and he says, Dad, I'm hungry. He said that before practice. He said that after practice. I knew that we didn't have any groceries really in the house because all of my money was gone, paying towards all of these things that I didn't take from my tithe. We're driving back, and he's like, Dad, I'm so hungry. Can we just go to McDonald's? I want to go to McDonald's, please. And I'm like, no, we can't, son. We can't, son. And I had an aha moment because right across the street from McDonald's was a Home Depot. And I have a Home Depot credit card. And I walked into Home Depot, and I know they had that special little section with overpriced candy, more expensive than the movie. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Then I walked in to this little rack of candy, beef jerky, Gatorade, $5 a bottle. So here you go, kids, pick whatever you want. I spent like 60 bucks on my credit card for candy, beef jerky, and crackers, licorice, soda, power. And you're like, you're such a terrible dad. But I tell you one thing, I did not honor God that week. They don't know that story. I don't think Reagan knows that story. I eventually told my dad like next week, he gave me 50 bucks. He's like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I was like, thanks, I got extra this week. <laughs> to me, it was a cool story. So when God says, hey, I want you to honor me, What he's saying with this 10% is not, hey, if you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. If you don't do this, you're not going to make it to heaven. He's saying, this is the way I like to be loved. Husbands and wives have to learn how to love each other according to the way they want to be honored. Husbands are usually really stupid at learning how to honor their wives. But if you just ask a wife, what do you like? What do you want? They'll tell you. They'll tell you. Dare I say this? This has nothing to do with Jesus. But husbands don't know how to tell their wives how to be honored. Honor me like this. Honor me like this. So what happens is, in a lot of marriages, is another woman comes along and learns how to honor that guy. And she becomes his mistress. Because we're so hungry to be loved in a way that makes sense to us. And half the time, we're trying to figure out how to love God in a deeper way. God, do you want me to pray more? Can I worship louder? Can we have more lights and smoke? Can I read the Bible more? And all of these steps. And God never once says, hey, uh, the first part of your day, I want you to take two hours and 45 minutes. That's a tithe of your day. He says, I want you to take that first and I want you to be consecrated to me. Read the Bible and pray. That's what I want you to do. He doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. He doesn't say, I want you to sing louder at a higher decibel level so that I can hear it in heaven. I want you to make sure you go to church every single week, three times a week like Brandon did. All of his life until he canceled Sunday night service. Praise God. I want you, he doesn't say any of that. You know what he does say? If you want to honor me, this is how I like to be honored. Bring me the first tenth of all that you have. 
And in that, what you'll show me is that you understand that all of it belongs to me. Actually, one place he says, do not forget that it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to get the wealth that you have. So when I bring the first tenth, it is a, it is a complete whole. All of the numbers, one through ten, boom. And it represents that all of it is yours. Here you go. Even though this other 90 is also yours, it doesn't, not rocket science to know that if I, Virginia, if I give you $20, like, hey, can I get $2 of that? She'd be like, yeah, no problem. Because she knows it's mine. I'm giving her the 18 to use. The heart of people who want to be steered towards God. And so what I'm saying is this, is like, when I, was, I was fully prepared to preach John. And God was like, Brandon, you know stuff that you're holding out on everybody else. I'm like, what do you mean? I, I, I'm pretty open about all the stuff in the Bible. He's like, no, you know the secret to honoring me. And if you don't tell them, you're robbing them of the opportunity to love me that way. And I said, you know, Allie talks about generosity and she talks about giving all the time. What are you talking about? I was like, no, it's the principle of the tithe. And it is exceptional for those who will follow it. It's not required, but it is how I like to be honored. You know it, and you won't tell anybody else. It's like, but what will they think about me? What kind of church will become? How will they, they'll think I'm just trying to get their money. It doesn't matter. It's just the truth of the word, and I am obligated to share it with you because Jesus told me to preach the gospel. So, the tithe is 10% of your gross. Where do you bring it? The Bible says you bring it to the church. You bring it to your church. You don't give it to your auntie and pay her water bill and be like, well, that's for Jesus. It's not it. The Bible's very clear about tithe, which is separate and consecrated unto God. It's holy to God and things that are alms and offerings and giving to the poor. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that those who give to the poor lend to the Lord. In other words, you are giving what is yours now, lending it to the Lord. The minute you take your tithe and go, here you go, God, that's for you. Because, you know, I figured you could use some of what's mine. You have the tithe wrong. However, when we lend to the, when we give to the poor, we're lending to the Lord. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. He says, you can give a cup of cold water in my name, and it's like you gave it to me. It is lending to the Lord. And the Bible says that when you lend to the Lord, he will repay you. It's reimbursement. That's what the Bible says. It's different from the tithe. So if you're taking your tithe, and you think, you say, I'm a tither. Yeah, I give my first 10%. I, I give more than the tithe. I put gas in some guy's car. I bought somebody lunch. I buy coffee for everybody. God is saying, no, I told you, bring the first 10% to my house. And when you do that, there will be meat and seed in, in my house for everyone. That's where you do. So you bring the first 10, you bring it to God, you bring it to his house. It's not giving to somebody else. It's not paying your auntie's light bill. None of that stuff. It's not giving a bigger tip to the waitress. You can do all that. That's wonderful stuff. It's great. Well, I love generosity, but it is not tithing. Okay. So there's that. Um, so if I'm learning to honor God in the way that he wants to be honored, what does that mean for my life? So in Malachi... The prophet is talking to the church, and he actually is talking to 
the pastors, and then down from there, the people. He starts off with the pastors, which is a big thing. We tithe, like you think, well, everything would be easy to tithe, Brandon. You just, you, everything you give goes back to your work. It's like, no, I actually tithe to an organization outside of this church. I'm submitted to leadership that is above me. Okay, so this is what Malachi says in chapter 3 about the tithe. Um, chapter 3, verse 10. We'll start with the small one. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. This is the church. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Okay, now, this is what God is saying. He says, this, this is literally the only place in the whole entire Bible that says, check it out. Prove me. Let's just have a little experiment about who I am when you want to get involved with me. Prove me in this. It says, bring the whole tithe into the store, storehouse and you'll prove if I'm really real or not. You'll prove my relationship to you. Do I love you? Do I care about you? Am I looking out for you? He says, and if you do that, I will open the floodgates of heaven. Now, that means, that means that there is a pool of water. Have you ever been to like the dam, Hoover Dam? There's nothing on this side. And there's a whole lot on this side. And every now and again, they'll open up the gates and water comes rushing out. Just. And it looks like a drinking fountain, but you put your face in it and it's not. Eh? Have you ever seen a dam? So what God is saying is like, when you, if you will just try to honor me the way I said I like to be honored, I will never, ever owe you back. I will actually open up the floodgates of heaven and stuff that's just sitting there waiting for the moment when you prove me, I'll open up and it'll come out. And you're like, well, what if I give and then, you know, I don't have enough for... What if I give and it doesn't pay off? What if I... God says, no, just prove me and I will open up the floodgates. This is how you interact with God's blessings. Dare I say that probably half of your prayer request list would be knocked off with the right, with the right check. Am I right? Oh, dear Jesus, if you could help me with that IRS thing. That was my prayer one time. I owed about $8,000 to the IRS. And then I said, you know what? I'm a tither. I'm going to stop praying about this. You know what happened? It was all canceled. Canceled. A lot of the things that you're concerned about, you're worried about, you're depressed about, you're anxious about, are all wrapped up in money. And you won't prove God. I need a new roof, God. I don't know how this is going to work. I need to pay this, God. I don't know how this is going to work. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. And he's like, look, I told you how to address these things. It comes back to honoring me. Honor me and that relationship will grow. You won't be so depressed at night. You won't be so anxious getting off work and looking at your paycheck. Open up the floodgates 
and pour out a blessing on you that's just enough to pay everything that you need, not your wants. It's not what it says. Good Christian people will tell you that that's what it says. Pour out a blessing that you can't contain. You need one of those money guns where you're just like, <laughs> blah, 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 and like, you know, all the dollar bills coming out. He's walking around, <laughs> blessings that you can't contain. You ever known somebody that, I, I love my friends that we go places and they just bless people because they, they're like, God's been good to me. I know there's no way. We were in California, me and Josh were in California and I was walking around with Taylor around the Dream Center and I was like, I don't know, I'm supposed to buy you some shoes. How much are they? He's like, I don't really have my eyes on ones. Like, how much would you need to just, to buy some shoes? He's like, probably 160. He's like, okay, there's 180 bucks. Boom. I was blessed and I could be a blessing. Isn't that the kind of person you want to be? Yeah, we all want to be that way. We all dream of being a blessing to others. And God says, I'll pour out a blessing on you you can't contain. This is what the whole entire thing says in Malachi. That's a, that's a cool little promise, but it says in chapter 3, verse 6, it starts off like this. I, the Lord, do not change. That means New Testament, Old Testament. When God talks about how to honor him with a tithe, it's still the same. You want to honor me? This is how I like to be honored. Right? Your wife says, this is how I like to be honored. When you come in, rub my feet. Right? Dudes, I like to sit in my chair and watch the game. If you brought me my food, I feel so loved by you. I can just sit here, never get up. I can eat these wings and watch the game. That would be amazing. That's how I like to be honored. You have these ways. God goes, I don't change. When I told you I like to be honored with the first 10%, it's holy and sacred to me, that doesn't change. Here's the deal. I, Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. I'm still holding you up, even though you have broken your promise to me. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we supposed to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? You rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you, God? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that you may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Some of y'all make a ton of money, and pests devour everything you have. I know somebody who makes $100,000 a year, a year, doesn't really have a whole lot of like you know debt things, you know, $60,000 truck, big house, whatever. Just a meager life. And they cannot keep track of their money. It's just always gone. And yet they won't pay their tithe. It says, uh, where are we? I will prevent pests from devouring crops. The vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Says the Lord Almighty. That means that some is going to waste because it's not ready. Okay. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. You know that song, The Blessing? May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations, and your children, and your children, and your children. And it goes on, and your children, and your children, and your children. And you're like, yeah, that's what I want. Could it be that you don't have that because you're not willing to honor God with your money? Could it be that crops are being, they're devouring your fields? Haggai, this is the next place. Haggai 1, 5, 11. I'm telling you, the Bible talks about money a lot, okay? This is what he says. 
Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Hmm. You have planted much, but harvested little. I work like a dog, nothing to show for it. That's what we hear, right? Another day, another dollar. Planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Your life sometimes is God protecting what you have. And sometimes you're outside of his protection. And you're wondering, why is this happening to me? How come I can't hold on to anything? How come, how come, how come, how come, how come? And he goes, look, it's like you got holes in your purse. I see them dropping out. I wish I could stop and pick it up for you, but you forgot me and so I forgot you. This is what it says. This is what Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Whose house? My house. Give me the next verse. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth is in the earth its crops. Because of who? Because of you. God, why don't you? Can't you just, if you're so sovereign and holy and powerful, why don't you? It's because of you. It's because of you. The heavens with hell are due, the earth is crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and on livestock and on the labor of your hands. This is God. Talking to people. He says, look, this is the way I interact. You want to just start with the tithe? And let me, just, let me just say this. Your tithe does not get you to heaven. Jesus gets you to heaven. God is blessing you and actually he's taking care of you. He's, he's, he's taking care of broken places in your life. He's doing things in your life all of the time. The question is, how do I get closer to God? You can be married and not honor your spouse and wonder why you can't be intimate with them. I don't know, I just feel like they don't love me anymore. Are you still married? Yeah, we have a great marriage, but something's missing. Did you know you're the wife of God and he takes care of you? But he's saying, why, why are we lacking intimacy? Why are we not close like the way I want to? He says, oh, just the way I like to be honored is like this. Give me the first. Not that it, the, the money doesn't even matter. I don't need your money. You can't give God nothing. All he wants is your heart. And the gift is just a reflection of your I, I imagine he probably takes your money and just goes, okay, thank you. And just puts it over there. Doesn't even count it. Doesn't even worry about it. All he's going is, I just wanted you. I just wanted your heart. But God, you know, I'm just, I, it seems like I'm running. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all this, but I'm not getting ahead. I'm, I'm having such a hard time. And, and it's like, you know, I just, I go to work and I say, yeah, because you're serving mammon rather than serving me. You're loving the dollar. You're loving your money. You're loving your dreams and your hopes rather than just crawling up in my lap. And trust me, I have more floodgate water than you could probably even imagine. They're shut down because you just 
You forgot about me. And I see that the, the, the money's just dropping out of your... He's like, I don't change. I, it's, there's a reason why you're not even dead right now. Because my grace is sufficient for you. But I want more for your life. And you're over here counting out. Well, I, I only netted this much, Jesus. So it's for you. But when you went and got that truck and they said, how much do you make? You didn't forget how much you made. When you signed for that note and they said, how much, what's your income? Can you afford this house? You were, you were counting up every number. And they said, God, what should I bring to you to show you my whole tithe, my whole love, my whole heart? Well, you know, it's the Democrats. They're taking more money. I had to fill up my truck this week. It's the, you get amnesia about how God, how good God has been to you. We treat God like it's another bill rather than honor him. Worse yet, some people treat him like they just tip God. Well, that was good service. Here's a little bit for you, Jesus. And wonder why they're far from God. This is what Second Chronicles says. This is one of the most wonderful verses in the whole entire Bible. I love it so much. Second Chronicles, uh, I think it was 9, 16, 9, sorry. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those hearts who are fully committed to him. Another version, the King James Version says that he is looking everywhere for someone to show himself strong to. It says he's looking for someone to show himself strong to who is loyal to him. This this is the only version that doesn't say that. I'm not lying to you. That God is like, is there somebody who's loyal to me? Is there somebody whose heart is towards me? Is there somebody who's, who's out there grinding every single day and they're, they're providing for their family and they're, they're trying to make it, they're trying to leave an inheritance for their children. But in all of that, they look to me and go, thank you, Jesus. Is there somebody whose heart is towards me? I want to show myself strong in their life. I want to be a person who's close to that one. And I think that's why David was so powerful. He messed up and he sinned and he had all of these things. We go, what's the ticket? Is that he was out there every day loving Jesus with his heart. There's one place where he actually is going to, he's going to build something there for God. And somebody goes, you know what? You're the king. You're so amazing. I'll just give it to you. I want to give it to you so it can be for God. And David goes, heck no. You're not going to give it to me. I'm going to pay for it. Why are you going to pay for it, David? He says, I would never offer anything to my God that didn't cost me something. And there's people all over go, you know, well, you don't have to give until it hurts. I wouldn't take away from my water bill. I wouldn't take away from that. I wouldn't take away from this. I wouldn't take away from taking my kids to Great Wolf Lodge. I wouldn't take away from vacation. That would be ridiculous. God, what God wants for you is, to just, you know, to just give something. It's not what God said. I learned this as a kid. Brandon, Brandon, you don't do that. You don't take and pick and choose which sheep is God's. Otherwise, you give them all to him. You give him the top. Learn how to honor God and fear and reverence God. And trust me, your life will be different. People say, Brandon, how could you go through a divorce and, and your life is better? I don't know. 
just learn how to honor God. How is it that, that somebody can just say, Brandon, I'll take you to Italy. I don't know, just figured out how to honor God. How can you drive across the nation in that big, huge bus of a car and, and, and go to California and take your kids and you don't even know what you're doing? You don't even know where you're going. You don't even, did you go to a resort or thing? No, we just went by faith. Did you have, did you, you must have saved all year long for that. No, it just happened. It just so happened, somebody called me up and said, would you come preach at my camp and I'll pay you? I said, how much? They said, I'm going to pay you $2,000 to come and preach this camp. Okay, cool. They wrote that check. I put it in my thing, and I, I purchased a hotel room in California. I said, God, I didn't know how I was. All Judah wanted to do was surfing. Dad, can you take me surfing? And I said, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Just a single dad. I make below $40,000. How, how could I ever do that? God says, you watch. Those who honor me, I honor those who love me, they're close to me. I, I'm looking for somebody to be good to. Anybody could have preached that camp. Somebody called me. I had no idea who they were. I said, I got your name from Joe, blah, 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 down the line. He gave me your number. And I said, thank you, Joe, whoever you are. How does this happen to you? I don't know. I just learned how to honor God and open up the floodgates of heaven. And it, it's pouring out on me. I live in the blessing. Seven ships on the water, multi-millionaire houses and lands in this life. You don't see that from me, but I believe it because I learned how to honor God. These shoes, $200 shoes. You want to know how I got them? Somebody gave them to me. You want to know why they gave them to me? They said, wherever you go, you preach the gospel. And those who preach the gospel have beautiful feet. I said, God, I just honor you. From the time I was in fourth grade, I wanted Michael Jordan fours. He said, here's a pair of fours. I know you're 40 years old now. I know when you were standing in line, and you saw another kid with Air Jordans, and you were so jealous. I thought these shoes could make you dunk as a fourth grader. Here I am standing preaching the gospel. Beautiful feet are those who spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you that God is close to you. You have a relationship with God because of Jesus. And he says, if you, if you want to get really close to me, I'll show you some ways that I like to be loved. I said, I don't want to preach this sermon, Jesus. It doesn't sound fun. I know people are going to walk out. There's going to be new people here. And then I, I don't want to just make it like we're, we're some kind of pimp, you know, making the gospel just... He says, you know how to be close to me. Stop robbing everybody else. So I'm here to give you the secret. Jesus said, prove me in this. Prove me. Prove me. Prove. I like somebody who says, I guarantee you. I got you. Prove me. Prove me. Prove me. I said, okay. I like those odds. I like those odds. Prove me. So the question to you is, do you believe God or don't you believe God? He talked about money more than anything else. You believe God or don't you believe God? I know your, your daddy, your grandpa, your uncle told you, oh, you just give a little bit. You just do your part. God didn't say that. Jesus standing at the bucket saying, that, 
that woman gave more than everybody else. That person is the one whose heart is after God. And would you say, my heart is after God? That I'm really after God? And it's not a question I can make you raise your hand or anything else. It's something that when you're at work and you're stewing over how much am I making right now and will it be enough to put food on my family's table and how should I bid this job because I need more money to get it over here and, and I, I, how is it going to happen? I don't know. What, will you be the person who goes, I love God. I believe God. I prove God. We're close. And God will far surpass anything that you've ever dreamed or imagined because of this power, this relationship that's alive in you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, everyone in this room is a giver in some way. They give. They give their time. They give their energy. They give their, their talents. They give their money. They give their food. Their, oh, they just give. And sometimes it feels like we're so spent and Forgive us, God, for giving everywhere else and not honoring you first, loving you first, proving you first. We want to go deeper, challenge these people, give them support from heaven that grows them into the greatest places of faith and relationship and connection to you because they just decided to believe and prove the perfect word of God. Lord, I look forward to testimonies from people who are traveling around the world, taking their family on vacations, blessing others, building homeless communities, going forward and doing things they never thought was possible because they are people who honor you. We prove you, God, you're first. Let it never be said that we lost our first love for a dollar. God, we believe that you are a man of your word. You never change. The same. You don't lie. You don't make it up. You're faithful. Even when we are faithless. Thank you, God, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a big praise today.